Wednesday, September 23rd. Percy always loved the music her school's dismissal bell made, but on that Wednesday, she anticipated it like a starter pistol. Just before it sounded, she'd readjusted her backpack, dug her toes into the floor, and spread her fingers on the top of her desk. Percy squeaked over linoleum, burst through doors, and shred gravel on the way to her car. The bell was still wheezing its last inaudible vibrations as Percy pulled into the driveway at Fort Knox. The cheek muscles that held her mouth in its wide grin were as eager and activated as the shin muscles that urged her car's accelerator pedal. She honked three times, trotted to the ladder, and called Adam's name. Adam! Adam! When he didn't answer, she scrambled up the ladder to install the gift she brought. She was excited for him to notice her present, but more eager to share what she and her dad had discussed the night before. Percy's mind had become crowded with carefully laid boards and bricks. She'd used science to construct a sturdy structure that would support Adam's transformation and prevent her happiness from toppling down. Percy felt lighter with the knowledge that this thing with Adam wasn't a hoax, and that she wasn't dreaming, and that she hadn't slipped into a Jacob's Ladder scenario. Her affair was not convoluted or desperate. It was just love. All of human history hinged on two things. Love and hate. Peace and war. Kindness and cruelty. Open-mindedness and ignorance. From a way-up high kaleidoscope point of view, all those events that swivel between love and hate, their beginnings and ends, they fade away and they overlap. Everything congeals and becomes the same. From that perspective, Percy's youth and Adam's old age canceled each other out. Her novelty and freshness became his. His wisdom and patience became hers. They become timeless. They'd opened to each other felt love for each other, paid attention to that love and calibrated to it. That love was grateful to be seen and worked with them so that they could express it in a way that was most exultant for them. As she hopped off the ladder into the soft grass below, she heard leaves rustling in the woods. She took a few paces toward the noise, excited to see Adam's form emerge. When a loud whistle pierced through the trees, her eyes twinkled. I didn't know Adam could whistle. Hey, beautiful. She heard Adam's voice from behind her and swung around to face him. The moment their eyes met, a dog barked. Percy's smile disappeared and the next few seconds staggered. She whipped her gaze back to the woods and her ponytail smacked her in the eyes. She blinked around her brain snapshots of a jolly golden retriever emerging from the trees. It was bounding toward them, its pink tongue lolling out of its mouth. Adam knelt to pet the dog, but Percy grabbed his shoulder. No, Adam! Adam looked up at Percy's face when another whistle cut through the trees. Hurry! Adam launched himself toward the nearest tree trunk. Branches cracked and leaves rustled. 
a young girl appeared calling for her dog. No! When Percy yelled, the kid froze in her tracks. The girl's dad caught up to her, put his hand on her shoulder, and instinctively turned his body to shield her from Percy's rage. Percy yelled while running toward them. Get out of here! On her way, she snatched a handrake out of a mound of dirt. Go away! The man held his hand out and said, Sorry, it's okay, we were just hiking. Percy waved the handrake at them and screamed, Get out! Father scooped daughter, then disappeared into the woods. Percy ran to Adam, nearly colliding with the dog as it sailed after its family. She dropped onto the ground, skidding on her knees, gathered up Adam's head and shoulders, and easily slid him onto her thighs. Adam. Oh, Adam. The moment the little girl saw him, Adam had shriveled into a desiccated mummy. Percy was cradling a sunken, brittle form, covered with wrinkles and speckled with age spots. His hair was thin and sparse, like an antique doll's. His skin was nearly translucent, revealing the miles of vessels that reluctantly delivered blood to worn-out organs. Percy whimpered as she watched his eyes twitch and his mouth fall open. Oh, Adam. Adam. Persephone. What a... Happy dog. Adam. I, f I feel heavy, Purse. Heavy, but the wind could blow me away. Adam, no. You're still young. You've always been young. You're strong. You can be new again. I love you, Adam. Percy hung her head next to his and gently rocked. Her heartbeat was in her throat. It was a steady rhythm, and she sent it to him. Sent it to his heart, sent it to the sky, sent it deep into the ground. With each thump, she felt the truth that Adam was young. He was an infant, a toddler, a child scrambling up to Fort Knox, a young man making love to her, an old man pouring her tea. Adam. She billowed above him like a sail with her heart set on home. Adam, you're young. Adam, you're young. Adam, you're young. Adam, you're young. As she swayed, her pendant slipped out from behind her shirt and fell onto his chest. His pendant had been peeking out of his collar and gently magnetized with hers. She pulled him into a tighter embrace, squeezed her eyes shut, and thought about his strong arms, deep voice, Smooth skin, bright eyes, warm hands. Adam, you're young. 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 You're young. You're young. You're young. Adam, you're young. Adam, you're young. You're young, Adam. Adam, you're young. Adam, you're young. Adam, you're young. Percy began to lose feeling in her legs. It had become harder to rock him, so she stopped moving. In that stillness, it occurred to her that Adam's body was heavier and wider, like a balloon filled with sand. 
Not daring to open her eyes, she felt for his head. His hair was thick, his skin was soft, shoulders wide, biceps solid. Her back snapped straight and she opened her eyes. Adam had not only returned to his 18-year-old body, he was even more vibrant. He looked like he could run straight up a mountain while carrying her and a picnic lunch. Percy. Oh, Percy. His fingertips slid up the chains that connected them. He reached for her neck and she nuzzled her jawbone into his palm, which slid to the back of her neck as she lay herself onto his chest. That... that can't happen again. Percy shook her head, unable to speak. I could feel it, Percy. It was going to catch me. Well, then it won't happen again. We'll put up signs, Adam. Barbed wire. Electric fences. That will not happen again. When Adam rolled off of Percy's lap and sat against the tree trunk, their pendants snapped apart and slapped against their chests. Percy stretched her tingling legs, then crawled between Adam's, cuddling against him, and he pulled her close. That was really fucking scary, Percy. After a few moments of silence, Percy suggested, Let's go up. As Percy ascended the ladder of Fort Knox, she felt like a loose balloon. A balloon tethered by a string is anchored to a place that it didn't choose. Once loose, it's free to bob to the place it was meant to be, taking its time and enjoying the view. The time spent lost was worth the freedom. Percy peeked around the corner of the treehouse and said innocently, Oh, what's that over there? Adam looked over her shoulder and smiled at the surprise she'd brought. Oh, thank you, Percy. Now that is an improvement. You're welcome. I mean, it's a travel poster for Ireland, but even geographically inaccurate rolling hills are better than the rows of condos. It's wonderful, and I love it. I love you, Percy. For so many reasons, but including that without you, I'd still be that old wisp of a man. Or worse, I'd be gone. I'd be gone by now. He put his arms around her waist and pulled her close. Adam, what about me? Without you, I'd... Well, when you met me, I was on the verge of a career as a petty thief. I had no idea who I was. And if I lost you, I can't even think about it. You won't. You, you won't. I am never going anywhere. You can't say that, Adam. It's like in the movies when characters throw around I promise all the time. They always promise shit they have no power over. Okay, you're right. It's a cop-out. But what if I don't want to think about it either? I can promise that I don't want to leave you, and that I don't want you to leave me. Thank you, Adam. Come here. So, Adam, tell me about your garden. Looks like you've been busy. Adam turned to look over the railing. Well, yeah, I figured it would be nice to grow our own food, and it helps pass the time when you're not here. Maybe you could bring some more seeds next time? Of course. You could also probably use some chickens and goats. Could you get me some? I was kidding, but yeah, why not? Would you know what to do with them? Darn tootin'. We had all kinds of livestock here when I was a kid. I wish I could come by them with you. I wish I could live all of my new life alongside yours. Percy had become so focused on Adam that she had trouble remembering her time away from Fort Knox. She knew she was going to school, working at Shady Pines, and spending time with her dad, but she couldn't exactly remember it. 
It seemed to her that her keys were perpetually hanging in the cupboard up in Fort Knox, and her cell phone was always stowed in the glove compartment of her car. Her reality was tightly focused on being no more than a few feet away from Adam, always wanting to be closer. Percy quickly learned all the outdoor living tricks and survival techniques Adam had collected during his decades of treehouse research. In the evenings after her homework was done, she'd read his website. He hadn't updated it since, well, since he'd moved, but it gave her a way to get to know the old Adam. Her Adam, but like his past life. It had a whole section on how to live without modern conveniences, and Adam demonstrated most of them at Fort Knox. He taught her how to tell time with a shadow thrown by a stick, and tricks for adjusting her eyes to darkness. He helped her master bird calls and instructed her on when to fear a cracking twig. <coughs> Percy became proficient at milking goats and hunting for chicken eggs, and learned she had a bright green thumb. She savored the crunch of freshly picked cucumbers and groaned laughter as Adam fed her fresh strawberries and cleaned the juice off of her chin with his lips. <laughs> Early on a Saturday morning, Adam dug a deep hole while Percy admired him. As he huffed and puffed and eventually peeled his shirt off, he described the benefits of a composting toilet. After he installed the platform, he took a bow and said, "Milady, I present to you our royal throne. And, as I strive always to be chivalrous, would you like to make the first deposit? One night, maybe that one or the next, Percy woke alone in the cot. She couldn't remember how she'd arranged it with her dad to spend the night there, but she felt sure it was okay. She got up and watched the composting toilet, assuming that's where Adam was. The trees that surrounded her held the darkness like dense mountains. When the clouds receded to reveal the full moon, the young leaves became scales on the back of a sleeping dragon, and the metal roof of the shed became a silver pond. Gazing out at that mysterious world, knowing she was the only one who would ever see it, made her feel mostly serene, but also a little aloof. Smirking, Percy decided she'd take advantage of the full moon by flashing her chest at Adam when he got out of the toilet. As she gathered the bottom of her shirt into fists, she heard cries coming from the garden. She descended the ladder in a hurry and found Adam inside the goat's enclosure, helping the mama goat give birth. They both cried a little as they watched the kids stumble on unpracticed limbs and slowly find their footing. When Percy and Adam weren't homesteading, they liked to float on the pond. The rowboat bobbed along whatever current the wind made, and their conversations did the same. When tired of the water, they wandered through the woods. One day, they found an old junk heap where voracious vines had nearly swallowed an old, rusted-out tractor. 
Another afternoon, they found a busted-up TV set. Adam carried it back to Fort Knox and set it up as a symbol of the life they were happy to have left behind. While they explored a new part of the woods, Percy asked Adam, How long has it been since you flew the coop? Flew the coop? Left Shady Pines. Oh, shit. I haven't thought of that place in ages. When you said Shady Pines, I really had to think. Right? It seems like all I know is being here with you. They had emerged into a wide clearing, and Percy stopped to get her bearings. Adam stepped behind her, wrapping one arm around her shoulders, the other around her waist. They'd never taken a hike without multiple pauses for romantic interludes of varying intensities. Before they left for their walk, she'd grabbed a blanket with plans to turn the intensity of this romp all the way up. But first she wanted to make him chase her. She pushed Adam away and sprinted across the clearing. He chased and caught her very easily. She pushed him away and ran again. <laughs> Percy was laughing too hard to evade a second capture. Once more, she pushed him away and ran. But this time, she lost her footing and fell. And kept falling. Until she landed hard. Persephone. She heard her name from a far distance, muted like an echo over a roaring sea. Percy! His voice became sharper and her eyes popped open. Percy, are you okay? When she tried to stand, she cried out in pain. Ah! Oh, my ankle! She could see his head and shoulders leaning over the hole. They were very small. Percy, don't move. I'll get you out. I'll be, I'll, I'll be right back. Wincing while pushing with her good leg, she worked herself into a sitting position. <sighs> Percy rested her hands on the ground felt something cool under her fingers, and knocked. Reaching behind and above her head, she found that the wall was quite smooth. There were some roots, but they felt like they'd been cut. Flashes of scenes from Silence of the Lambs crept into her mind, and a sharp panic bloomed. She closed her eyes and whispered Adam's name. Adam. Adam. With every breath, the pain in her ankle radiated further through her body until it eventually shrouded her. It pounded in her ears, and when she opened her eyes, it made the light above her pulsate. Percy, I'm back. Are you okay? Dirt fell around her as he kneeled at the top of the hole. Persephone. She saw a beam of light flicker on the walls around her. Look around. Do you see any way to get out? Is there a ladder or anything? No. It's smooth all around. Uh, where am I? Look at your ankle, Percy. Is it bad? It really hurts. I, I think it's bleeding. Percy, it's going to be okay. I'm here. Now cover your face. I'm going to lower a rope. Okay, go ahead, Purse. Grab the rope. She reached her arms above her head, but couldn't feel the rope. When she tried to stand, she yelped and fell back onto her butt. Oh, fuck. Adam, I can't reach. I can't reach. We need more rope. Adam, uh, where are you getting the rope? There is no more rope, Persephone. It's too deep. Adam? Your cell phone. Where's the charger? I looked all over, Percy. Charger? With a phone? 
It's not with the phone, Percy. And it's not in the glove compartment. Percy, I'm gonna go... Gonna go get help. Help. Yeah, help. Percy was feeling dizzy and listless. She drifted into a daydream. Pictured Adam as her hero, standing above the hole, with hands on hips, while a fireman lifted her out on a stretcher. When he patted Adam on the back for a job well done, she snapped out of it and yelled, You can't let anyone see you! She sat up taller and stretched her arms toward the rope. She struggled to stand, but she still couldn't reach her lifeline. Percy, we have no choice. There's no more rope and we don't have a ladder. Your phone is dead and the charger's not there. I tore your car apart, Percy. I could build something or find something to reach you, but you're bleeding. No, I have to go. Don't you realize what's going to happen? We'll all catch up again. Just stay right there. We'll figure something out. Adam spoke with a resolute, metallic voice. No, I have to go. Please don't go. I can't lose you. But she knew he had to. If he didn't, she wouldn't survive. And if she didn't survive, she knew he wouldn't want to either. As if reading her mind, he called. What is this place without you, Percy? All I want is for you to be safe. And maybe it'll be okay. I just need to know you will be. Persephone, thank you for giving me back myself. Percy hung her head and shoulders like a rag doll and began to drift away. Adam, don't go. I'm sorry I ran away. Don't go. Adam, don't go. Don't go. I'm sorry I ran away. Adam, I'm sorry I ran away. Adam. No, no, wait, Adam. No. Adam. 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 Love Makes Old New was written and produced by someone called Dora Henry. For more information and sound credits, visit lovemakesoldnew.wordpress.com. And if you like what you hear, please leave an iTunes rating. Thanks for listening.